0: Good morning, Harlem. Good to see everyone. Good to see everyone, and I hope it's good to be seen by everyone. Uh, Let's go to God with the word of prayer. I want to thank our worship team for getting us started, as I like to say, for tenderizing us for the Lord. Let's go to God with the word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for bringing us here safely today. And we do pray for those who are uh, still on their way, God, to get here safely. God, we pray that we can cast all our anxieties on you and open our hearts and our minds to your word today. Father, we pray that you help us uh, as we practice and learn about the different uh, spiritual disciplines, Father, that you will make clear to us which one we individually need Uh, more in our lives Uh, as we know father you know us better than we know ourselves and I do pray that you will help us to make more space in our hearts and our minds and our lives for you as you are our greatest priority and uh, we pray that we can uh, show that by how we live and uh, respond to your loving kindness God let my words be yours in Christ Jesus name we pray Amen. amen amen it's good to hear the kids say amen that's what I'm talking about so last Sunday we talked about meditating on God's creation I had a lot of fun with that message I don't know about you guys but i I, I just love reflecting on on what God has made and what God has done and what God continues to do and um, I especially love the fact that I am one of God's creation and I think that's something that you know you need to often meditate on as well like you know sometimes we can be so down on ourselves and we don't like how we, you know, a certain part of our lives or, you know, and it's like, you were made by God. You were made by God. You need to appreciate that. Uh, and So today we're going to wrap up our Making Space for God uh, series. And, you know, so far we've looked at a few things that some of the spiritual people in the Bible have spent a considerable amount of time, spent their lives meditating on. You know, meditating on God's word. Uh, we see the Psalm 1 writer, he, he meditated on God's word daily and the benefits that he had throughout his life. He says he was you know, blessed as the man. And and so happy is the man who meditates. The whole Psalm 119 is about meditating on God's word and the different benefits that God's word has in our lives. And then we talked about meditating on God's creation. We talked about how uh, God's great works can show us just how great a god we serve and uh just stepping outside and looking at the trees and and the sky we get to see a part of what god's created and today we're going to conclude with meditating on our purpose meditating on your purpose have you ever asked yourself the question why am i here you ever asked yourself that question I mean, really sat down and asked yourself, you know, what's my purpose in life? Why am I here? Now, most people ask that question and they turn to philosophy. In fact, philosophy in of itself is the study of general and fundamental questions about our existence. Some of the most brilliant minds of mankind has spent their entire lives pondering the question, why are we here? Why do we exist? What do we exist for? They, they ponder uh, about our knowledge, you know, about knowledge and metaphysics and different values and reason and the mind and language. And why do we speak different languages? And why do we, I mean, in a nutshell, philosophy, in my opinion, is a bunch of guys who got too much time on their hands sitting around pondering a bunch of questions. You know, and and that's not to take away from their brilliance, but they're asking the same question. And here's the thing, not one of them is given a good answer. And we're talking about way, we're talking about hundreds of years ago. So this isn't just something new. You go through Barnes and Nobles, or if there's still a Barnes and Nobles around where you live, you go to Barnes and Nobles or you go on uh, Amazon or whatever you read, and you scroll through the philosophy books, there are literally hundreds of books on this framed around this very question Why am I here? And you know, for, some, for those of us who are Christians and believers, and, and, and for those of us who are kind of like, yeah, why am I here? You know, you would hope that that answer was already, that question was already answered for most of us, but sometimes we need to be reminded. And sometimes that really takes a lot of thought and, and meditation on, why am I here? And so we'll find ourselves like this guy sitting down in our rooms or wherever we do, thinking about our existence. And why, why, God, why did God choose me? Why did God allow me to live? You know, there was another man who had the same question back in the Bible. His name is Jeremiah. And in a sense, he asked the same question over 200, uh, 20, 000, uh, 26, I'm going to get my numbers all jacked up, 2,600 years ago, right? He asked himself this very question, and you may be able to relate to Jeremiah. He says, why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. Have you ever felt that way? You know, I think... Sometimes on our, on our worst day, we can ask ourselves, man, why was I ever born? To struggle? Is this it? Is this, is this my life? And as usually we ask ourselves this question when we're going through a difficult time, when we're going through a rough patch in life, why am I here? Why, why was I ever born? And Jeremiah was obviously going through some things, and he asked himself this question, why was I ever born? What's my purpose? Now, when you look at the very definition, and there are many definitions, but I, ch- I like this one here. Purpose simply means is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Purpose. Like, what is the purpose of this microphone? Why was it created? It has to, be, it has to have a purpose, right? It exists for a reason. And guess what? So do you. You exist for a reason. You were created for a reason. You exist because, and we're not, I'm going to go get ahead of myself, but there's a reason you exist. So today, I want us to look at these two questions and give you some verses to meditate on. And I'm going to leave you to draw some conclusions on your own. All right? So, why am I here? That's the first question we're going to look at. And then the second question is, do I matter? Do I matter? There's so many people, there are billions of people on the planet. Do I matter? Does my life matter for anything? And we're going to look at that question. So let's look at question number one. Why am I here? Now, it can be frustrating trying to figure out why we're here. Someone once said, I hope life isn't a joke. Because I don't get it. But here's the thing. You can't get it. And God wants you to get it. Because when God made us, God made us for a reason. God made us for a purpose. Now, you may think that your purpose is one thing. But then when you realize that you were made for an entirely different purpose, you realize that, man, this could be the reason why I have moments of unhappiness. Or why I find so many uh, areas of my life where I'm discontent because I'm not living according to my purpose. Now, if this microphone tried, if I tried to use this microphone to be a pen and tried to write a letter, this microphone is going to be upset at me. James, that is not my purpose. That is not why I was created. Flick that little button on and speak into me. That is my purpose. That is why I exist. Now go get yourself a pen and stop using me. Now that's a funny example, but think about you. Think about you being used outside of your purpose. Outside of the reason you were created. The same frustration sets in. Discontent unhappiness, sadness, depression, anxiety, because we're not living our purpose. The reason so many people live frustrated and confused and restless lives is because they're trying to live outside of God's purposes. When you try to live your life for your purpose, you end up working against God's purpose. It's like, no, this would make a good pen. So I'm going I'm to make it work. And some people really try to make their lives work according to their purpose. And we get frustrated. And we get angry. And we raise our fist to God because why can't I figure this out? And God is like, because you're not living according to why I made you. So you're just getting the natural effects that come with that. In Genesis, the Bible says that we were created in whose image? In God's image. Let that sink in for a second. If God created man in his image, shouldn't that tell you something about your purpose? He didn't make a dog in his image. He didn't make a cat in his image. He didn't make a stallion in his image, and those are some majestic creatures. But God made man in his image. So that should tell us a little bit about our purpose. Everything from birds to dirt was made for God, by God. And that includes every single one of us in this room. Why? Why am I here, James? You still didn't answer the question. I'm getting there. But I got to build up the suspense first. So look at some scriptures. Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. James, what is my purpose? I, I came here. I've been waiting. Why am I here? In Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 through 9, it says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than the other people, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of of slavery. From the power of Pharaoh the king. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. Keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. You don't get it yet? Let me hit you with another one. Boom. Ephesians 1 verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. In Christ, to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You still don't get it? Here we go again. Pow! 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. God saved us, called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from begin before the beginning of time. To show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Here's the point. We were made by God for God. That's your primary purpose. God simply made you to be the focus of his amazing love. There was nothing you did. No righteous deeds. No good deeds. No bad deeds. God chose you simply To love you. Now you're like, well, wait a second. I thought you were going to say, God, my purpose is to be a doctor. My purpose was to hit the power ball like Brother Willie right there. You know, my purpose, it's got to be something more. Here's the thing. No, no, no. The foundation, the main reason you are on this planet is to be loved by God. Now I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Because I think what happens is we get confused with our purpose and our mission. See, my mission is to be well-educated. My mission is to be the best in my career. My mission is to be healthy. My mission is to be wealthy. My mission is to be married with kids. That's not your purpose, though. God loves everyone he created and everyone he created he made to love, to shower with his love, specifically so you wouldn't have to feel like you earned it. See, God chose you before you even knew who God was. And the point is, you know, there's this running theme throughout the Bible of being chosen. Chosen people. God chose Abraham. Abraham didn't do anything to deserve to, to, to be picked by God. God chose Abraham. God chose to bless Abraham. God chose David. God chose Saul. God chose Samson. And in the New Testament, Jesus chose the twelve. God chose Paul and said, I will show him how much he must suffer in my name. God chose the exact day when he would usher in the kingdom on earth. God chose to open his grace and salvation to the Gentiles. And then God chose each of us to carry on his work. See, this theme of being chosen is all throughout the Bible. And just knowing the fact that God chose you, simply because he loves you deserves us to meditate on and it should explain your 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 it should explain why we exist you see by choosing you before you were ever born before you had a chance to prove your worthiness or lack thereof god shows that his decision was not based on how good you are and i think some people think that well god you know I, I, i'm People are blessed because they're good people. No, that's not true. That's not true. There are wealthy people who don't give a second thought to God. And you would look at their life and think, man, this guy is blessed. That person exists simply because God loves them and because of God's grace. God has chosen you to be the focus of all of his love. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. Now, this microphone may say, well, James, I enjoy being a microphone. I really do enjoy amplifying your voice to the masses, but I really wish that I could have been a laptop. I mean, they get to go to Starbucks. They get to sit on people's laps. They get to surf the Internet. You know, I'm just a a lonely microphone. You see, when you start wanting something else to be your purpose— You start to miss God's love. You start to miss the reason you exist. Now, here's the thing. There are many other reasons that God has created you. But I want us to walk away with anything today. I want you to walk away with, I was made to be loved by God. Just walk away with that. God says he made you to love you. God made you to love you. He made you to love you. He made you to love you. You ask people, why do you have children? It's not to get more for your tax return. It's not because you love being frustrated. It's not because you love changing diapers. It's not because you love sitting up at night wondering if they're safe or not. That's not why people have kids. People have kids simply because they want to add someone else into their life to love. When you look at that child, that child had no idea what was going on. It opened its eyes. It looked around. Everything was blurry. And you loved him. And you loved her. And you fed her. And you clothed her. And you raised her. And you nurtured her. And you taught her. Why? Simply because you love them. They didn't earn your love. They can't. They're a baby. Just like we can't earn God's love. We hadn't been on this planet long enough to do anything that can earn God's love. You're simply made to be loved by God. You might want to write that down. He didn't need you, He just wanted you. He wasn't lonely. He just wanted you to make, he just wanted to make you to love you. And before we talk about anything else, we got to understand that this is what on earth you are here for. To be loved by God. You know, I love this quote by Robert Bryan. It says, the purpose of life is a life of purpose. The purpose of life is a life of purpose. You know, when you think about, if you switch purpose with God, the purpose of God is a life for God. You see, your, your purpose is God. Simply to love God and to be loved by God. When you make God your purpose, God becomes your life. And everything in your life is centered around that love, is centered around God. You can give God the glory. You know, when you do what humans do, You give glory to God. When you use the gifts and talents that God gave you, you're giving glory to God. Living and breathing is giving glory to God because he created you. And you work just as he designed you to. And so God gets the glory. The main reason you were created is to be loved by God. And I want to make sure I drive that point home because I know some of us need to hear that. I need to hear that. That leads us to the next question. Well, James, do I matter? Do I matter? The short answer is yes. That's the short answer. Yes, you do matter. But then you may ask, well, James, why do I matter? Because, you know, we like asking questions. Do I matter? And why do I matter? Why do I matter? Why do I even matter here? Why do I matter to Harlem? Do I even matter? Do people even know I'm here? You know, if I if I if I never came up to share communion or served as an usher or or did some service, would people even know I'm here? Do they even think that I matter? The answer is yes. You do matter, and if somebody forgets your name, don't worry about it because God knows. And if you t- if you paid attention to the first point, then you know that that's really all that matters. Because none of us here loves you enough to know every single hair follicle on your head. But God does. So if somebody forgets your name, forgive them and just thank God that he remembers your name. Because at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. And I'm going to show you a clip in just a minute. This clip was taken from the animated movie Nine. It came out back in 2009. And the main character... Finds himself in a post-apocalyptic world. All the humans are gone; they're all dead. And there are few, uh, there are few like him that are numbered. And he wakes up and he finds himself in this post-apocalyptic world. And there, are, there are machines uh, that are roaming the, the earth, looking for any signs of life to steal, kill, and destroy. That sound familiar? Right. And so nine finds this small community of others who are like him, who are also looking for answers. Why are we here? Why are we the only ones? What is our purpose?
1: 9 it had such promise my great machine it was meant to be an instrument of progress of creation that was the agreement our chancellor failed to honor though the fault is hardly his alone to bear the machine was born purely of my intellect which I now know Was not enough. My creation was hopelessly flawed and indeed dangerous, for it lacked the human soul and could be easily corrupted by those who controlled it. That is why I am making each of you. You are all that's left of humanity, you are all the pieces of my soul. Together you and this device shall protect the future Look closely and remember what you see
0: You know what I what I like about this clip is in searching for meaning nine finds this message from his creator and you know we were all created beings and so to search for the meaning of why we're here we should go to the message left by our creator and where is the message from our creator left it's in the word and so when when we don't when we don't get the answers from The one that created us will always be searching for, why am I here? We'll always be looking for our purpose. And if you get detached from, well, why am I here? You need to go back to the message from the creator. You know, what I love is that, you know, as we hear the nine's creator tell that each was numbered. And has a piece of the creator's soul. Do you catch that? He said, each of you has a piece of my soul. And I thought about that. And I thought, you know, God has also left pieces of him in each of us. When you think about it, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We have God's love in us. In Romans 5, verse 5, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. We have God's love in us. That's how we're able to love. Have you ever wondered how people can stay in a relationship? And like, man, how is she staying with this guy? He is taking her taking advantage of her. He's taking her for granted. I mean, even some even go to, to the extremes of abuse. And you wonder, man, how can they stay? And at the core, they say it's love. And we think that that person is crazy. But think about it. God stays in a relationship with us. And how often do we abuse our relationship with God? How often do we take for granted the grace that we get from God? How often do we neglect God, going days without spending time with God, without refreshing our hearts with his word, or spending time in prayer thanking him and giving him the glory, or revering him enough to show up the church on time so that we can worship the great and almighty God. You know why? It's because God's love is in your heart. That's how we're able to love people. And those that we don't think deserve to be loved, we're able to love people because God has loved us. And God has chosen us. And here's the thing. God does not revoke his election. He chose you, and he's faithful to those he chose. God's not going to say, oh, they had a bad week, or they got this character flaw, or they need to work on that, I'm going to pull back. That's not who God is. God has poured his love into our hearts. That's a piece of God in every single one of us. And then there's good deeds. In Matthew 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. Does our world need more light? A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds And praise your father in heaven. It's not so that you can get a promotion. It's not so that you can get a reward. Or an award. It's so that you can reflect. God. To the rest of the world. So that the world can see man. There is goodness in this world. Because there's pieces of God. Sprinkled all throughout the world. And they're called disciples. So each of us. Or a piece of God. You know, I had an opportunity to let my light shine about a week ago. Took my son. We went to McDonald's. Yes, I'm sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> and we went through the drive through And I paid for my order with cash. And the girl handed me my receipt. And she handed me a lot more change than I was supposed to get back. And I'm looking. I'm thinking. Wait a second. You just said it was like five something. Why are you giving me like eight dollars in change? I gave you a ten dollar bill. She so giving me like eight dollars in change. And I sat there for a second and I looked, and I thought, I could look at this two ways. I could be like, Wow, this is a blessing from God. He just gave me eight dollars. Or I can look at this as a test to do the right thing and to be a light to my son. So I drove off and thank God for that $8. No, I'm just so I pulled over to the side, pulled up to the window, because, you know, you get your food, pulled up to the window, and I, I gave my receipt and I gave the change. I said, hey, she gave me too much money back. Now, I felt bad afterwards because... The young lady at the window was upset, so apparently the girl who took my order was new. Oh, she, I'm like, oh, I hope I didn't get her in trouble. But at the end of the day, I did the right thing, right? And I made sure to teach my son that lesson. I said, do you see what daddy did? The lady gave me too much money back, and daddy gave it back because that was the right thing to do. We cannot hold back our light. We cannot put our light under a bowl just because it would make somebody else feel bad. On your jobs, you can't tell me where you work doesn't need more light. Now, I know nowadays you got to be careful because they don't want you proselytizing, but this is where we got to be wise as serpents and shrewd as doves. We got to be wise, but we can't keep our mouth. We got to we gotta let our light shine. You know, show up to work on time. You go on your break, come back from your break on time. That, let me tell you, that carries a lot of weight. I got, I was considered when I, my last job before coming back into the ministry, there were guys I worked with who had been there years before I had. But my, my supervisor took note that there was something different about me. And he pulled me aside and he said, James, I want to train you for management position. And I thought, Lord, I just came from leading the church of 500. I don't want to go and lead another non-Christian group of 500. But the whole point was that they saw I would come back from my breaks on time. They saw that I was early for work. They saw that I was not calling out left and right. And so he wanted someone like that to shine a light on the rest of the workplace. Now, I wasn't out there trying to be like, you know, I was just trying to be a disciple and keep my job. But when we're, when we understand that our purpose, that the fact that you matter When you do that, when you understand that, your light will shine wherever you are. I'm loved by God, so therefore, I'm going to live this way because God loves me and I love him. And then everything else you do is because of that fact. I was made for this purpose. You know, sometimes you don't even have to invite people to church. They just want to be wherever you are because you're different and they see something different about you. And they want that kind of friend in their life. Someone who's going to bring some light into their home, into their life. Now, we're not all the same. We do not all have the same measure of the spirit, which I think is very important for the church. Jesus was the only one who had the full measure of the spirit. He was the only one who exemplified the full measure of the fruit of the spirit. But I believe that we matter simply because we each have to play our part in displaying fruits of the spirit. You know, some of us are loving people. I mean, loving people. But we need to grow a little bit more in peace. And then there's some of us who are so at peace, our earthquake couldn't shake us. But we need to grow a little more in our knowledge. And then there's some of us who are are so full of joy. I mean, they're singing and they're smiling. I mean, you know, teeth are shining and and we're just singing because we're just full of joy. There could be a a, a rainstorm and and hail coming down and and we will not crack a break. But we can grow a little bit in gentleness, self-control. So when you have somebody who's an example of self-control, Sitting next to somebody who's an example of love, fellowshipping with somebody who's an example in joy, married to somebody who's an example in peace, dating somebody. Well, not dating, but then you got another person who's dating somebody who's an example in gentleness, and he's, he's been waiting for, you know, for the opportunity to ask her, you know, so she's an example in self-control. And then you got all this stuff going. And if somebody comes into our church and they see pieces of God all over the place, we get to reflect the full body of Christ. So, yes, you do matter. Because if you're a person who is full of joy, I need you in my life. For the times where I'm down and I need to be around people who are full of joy. And so, those pieces of God that sprinkle throughout our church. Every single one of you matter. Every single one of you matter. Now, you may be not, you may never get a chance to preach, but that's all right. You preach to those you're reaching out to. You may never get a chance to share communion, but that's all right. You carry the cross of Christ in your heart. You may never get up here and be able to sing a song or do a solo or, or do a praise worship or whatever. It doesn't always have to be up front and on stage in order for your light to shine. In fact, God wants our lights to shine brighter outside the church. Because that's where it's darkest. It's a little too bright in here right now. We got to go where it's darkest. And where it's darkest, pieces of God shine the brightest. And so, yes, you do matter. I'm here to tell you, you absolutely do matter. As we bring this to a close, I want you to understand that you matter first because God loves you, and second, because the world needs you. You exist because God loves you and the world needs you. The world needs more light. It needs more light. Your example matters. How you portray God matters. You know, we've all heard the saying, like father, like son, right? When people see my likeness in my kids, it always brings a smile to my face. You know, Noah's like my little mini-me. Siani, once in a while, she looks like me, and then she looks like her mother, and then she looks like me, and then she looks like her mother. I love it. It's almost like looking in the mirror sometimes. And I love that when people can see my likeness in my children. And you know what? God wants the same thing. It brings a smile to God's face when he can see his likeness in us, individually and as a body. That's, all, that's, that's always what God wanted, is to create. Is, is, that's why he made us in his likeness. It's because he wanted all creation to see pieces of him scattered throughout the world. Ephesians 4 verse 24 says, put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. You know, it's going to take a daily focus. For us to be about our purpose it's gonna take a daily focus it's gonna take us really meditating on the fact that I am loved by God before you walk out your door before you go to work before you go to school wherever you I want you to just spend a few minutes close your eyes and just soak in God's love I'm loved by God I matter I can make a difference And you meditate and you let those words pierce your heart. And when you feel like you want to be down on yourself or you're you're dealing with insults, you you just hold on to that truth. You know what? God loves me. And I matter to God. So you can say whatever you want about me because it doesn't really matter. I love you, but God loves you more. And at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is me and God. I'm here to help people, but I'm not here to to please people. I'm here to please God because I was made for his purpose and his purpose only. Why am I here? To be loved by God. Do I matter? Absolutely. It doesn't matter what you do in life. God has given us so much talent. You can be a doctor. You can be a lawyer. You can be a preacher. You can be anything your talent allows. But what really does matter is that you understand who you are in life. It doesn't matter what you do, but it does matter who you are. And you are a child of God. To God be the glory.